With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Good afternoon, and welcome to episode three of High and Tight on Game Time CT. My name is Scott Erickson, and joining me as always is Pete Pagagua. How's it going, Scott? Good week we had. Really good week. Yesterday was warm. I didn't wear a winter jacket to the game. I'm I, super excited for this week. I still wore a sweatshirt just to be safe. That's fair. Yeah. But the sun was out. It felt like baseball weather. The funny thing is, we're almost at the halfway point of the season now. It's, and things get interesting. It's unbelievable how we're we're at this we're at the midway point. Some teams have played like Darian. We talk about Darian every week. Some teams have played eleven games like Darian, and then there are some teams who are still trying to play catch up. Yeah, that's true. You know, but uh, you know, Mastic and Staples they played this weekend. They both said, you know, we finished all our makeup games now. They're getting ready to get into their schedule. A lot of teams are in the same boat as those guys. Yeah, and this is this is when it comes down to it. This is when you start seeing teams mix and match their pitching staffs. And you know, Jack always uh, Jack McFarland over at Staples. He always said um, two years ago when he had Ben Casparius, he didn't pitch Ben the whole first half of the year. Right. And then when they started, you know, the, the tide started turning towards the second half of the year. That's when he he said he used to use Ben as like a like a fighter jet or whatever he called it. He would, just, <laughs> he would just pick and choose his opponents. You know, Ben I think only pitched like five games in the regular season that year. Right. And then when it came to the tournament, he was going every other start. You right. know. Um. So this is where I think we're gonna we're gonna start to see the separation between you know the the uh, the pretenders and the contenders, as it were. You know, everyone's getting their league schedule now. Not a lot of uh, in between conference games. Uh, let's talk about some games that we saw this week. Uh, let's start with you. Uh, what happened when you went up to see Windsor and Weathersfield? So, you know, right off the bat, I look at the schedule. You got two undefeated teams. Uh, you know, hearing a lot of things about Windsor this year. They got three kids who were going Division One. Super talented team. And I guess I just underestimated, you know, what Windsor was going to be able to do in that game. And I was really impressed by the way that Windsor played. Um... They hit the ball really well. They went right after Weathersfield's ace and Tim Blaisdell, yeah. who is an unbelievable pitcher. And even after the game, um, the kids over at Windsor were like, he's still great. Like <laughs> He just didn't have it today, and we took advantage of it. But he's sure. still a great pitcher. And, uh, and that's what happens in weird. baseball yeah. sometimes. You, know, you show up to watch a game, and, and it's one performance. You know? And yeah. baseball's such a weird – and a sport of failure. Where it's exactly. Weird, yeah. So you had Tim Blaisdell on one side. And he's, you know, he's going to the University of Hartford. He's mm-hmm. one of the three D1 guys on Weathersfield. And then you got Alex Rosario, big lefty from Windsor, who's going to Middlebury, which is, you know, a very good school in itself. 
and he's out there, and he's going pitch for pitch. I mean, I'm, he was striking. I think he struck out seven guys. Yeah. Um, he he was dominant right off the start, and he really you know was excited for the game and really took it to the Weatherfield kid. And Windsor took advantage of mistakes that Weatherfield made. Weatherfield yeah. made a lot of mistakes in the field, and it just kind of snowballed. I mean, the first batter of the game, line drive down the line. You look at it, hey, maybe the first baseman could have made a play. It was kind of out of his reach. Sure. Next batter, they go for the sacrifice bunt, and the catcher gets it in front of it, makes the play, throws it into right field. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's second and third. Yeah. And then a base hit, now it's 2 nothing, And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, here we go, here we go. And it just snowballed, it just snowballed. Weatherfield got hot late in the game, um, and Jimmy Sullivan hit a solo home run. He's uh, the senior signee at uh, University of Virginia. Yeah. Um, so it was really great to see him out there. I mean, he's a he's flawless in the outfield. Um, just looks like he's doing what he's doing. He's a big kid. He, every time he hit the ball, he hit it hard. Yeah. And uh, the home run was uh, was a testament to to uh, seeing that kid. And I think both these teams, I think you, I think we've talked about this a little off the air, uh, they're going to be around in the state tournament. Yeah. They're going to be making noise and, and dangerous teams, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think... They just chalked it up as just Windsor, uh, Weatherfield just didn't have it. Sure. And, you yeah. know, Windsor took advantage of it. And that's what you have to do yeah. in those games. If, if if Tim Blaisdell, who is, you know, great, start in and start out, and he's off, you have to take advantage of that. And right. they did. It was 14-4. to I don't think anybody saw that coming. Right. And um, it was 14-4, a game that ended in an hour and 10 minutes, which was amazing. I itself. still don't understand how there was 18 runs in an hour and 10 minutes, but we'll just leave it at that. Like you said, <laughs> a lot of first pitch hits. Um, they Everyone were quick innings. I mean, a Rosario was having quick innings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three batters, three batters, three batters. So so then what? Okay, you, then you saw an NVL game. Yes, I popped over to the NVL, caught up with uh, the defending NVL and Class S champions in Holy Cross, yeah. Coach Phelan, and Sacred Heart, uh, Coach Eric O'Toole. So how did Sacred Heart look? I mean, we've heard a lot about Holy Cross, but tell me about Sacred Heart. So Sacred Heart, they had this sophomore going out, Hector Alejandro. Yeah. And unbelievable um, pitcher's duel between him and Austin Brown. I don't know if some people remember uh, uh, Ben Brown, Austin's cousin. He was the Holy Cross ace uh, a couple of years ago when they won the NVL. Gigantic guy. But So it's his cousin Austin and, and Hector Alejandro, sophomore versus junior. Right off the bat, Hector's unbelievable. I his first six recorded outs were strikeouts. Yeah, and on uh, for Brown, Brown gave up a hit in the second in the first second batter first inning to Alejandro triple. Then he scores on a he scores on a steal second throw to second. You know. Yeah. And then he didn't let up a base runner to the sixth inning. And then that was a drop third strike. Yeah. I, I, it was just, it was a great pitcher's duel watching these two guys go pitch for pitch. And I spoke to Austin Brown after, and he was kind of like, I saw what he was doing. So he was like, I wanted to go out there and do better. You know, it was like they were like, they were like playing, like, if you can do, you know, anything you can do, I can do better. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's great watching a game like that, especially this early in the season. Um, but when it came down to it, Holy Cross pulled out the win. Uh, Fran Phelan, the All State shortstop and pitcher. For Holy Cross, got uh, the two RBI single in the six, in the fifth inning, and then that was it. I mean, that's all Austin Brown needed. Um, even in the seventh, Holy Cross got a hit, fly ball got caught in the wind, and it was a very windy day that day, and the ball's moving around, moving around. It lands, kid ends up on second, um, but he got another fly ball to right field to get out of it, uh, to get the other out, and then... Uh, strike out, strike out the last batter in the game. Yeah, I mean that, that was one of the games that we really circled as Holy Cross. You know, we're going to see them have a couple other games where they're really going to be tested, but yeah. that was one that we thought would be interesting in 
I guess it turned out to be that way. Yeah, and you know, no, you know, no knock on on, on Sacred Heart. I mean, they battled, yeah. they battled, they they they. It was a game that they would have liked to win, obviously. Sure, of course. You know, they're sitting at three and four. Um, well, they were three and four at the time uh, when I went. Um, they're a good team. Eric O'Toole does a great job there. They have a lot of young kids, so uh, I think it's a nice. It was a nice game for Sacred Heart, and you know they say there are no like good losses, and there's yeah. not. But you can build off of a loss like that, I think. Well, I think there, you know, there can be good losses. I mean, yet so yesterday I saw Trumbull and New Canaan, yep. uh, one nothing game. New Canaan won. Uh, Zach Lopez pitched a complete game, nine strikeouts from New Canaan. He was awesome, but I think Trumbull had a lot to take away from that yep. game too. I mean, Jay Chiapetta pitched a complete game for them, went six innings. Obviously. Establishing himself as their number two pitcher. Now he lost yeah. two nothing to Cheshire also this year. Yep. Now he's lost one nothing to New Canaan. If they get some runs for this kid, yeah. they have a legit number two now behind Ben Farrow. They, and and Ben's a legit number yeah. one. So Trumbull's always a team that comes on late, and I think they can do it again this year. And they have a lineup too that can hit, especially at the top of that order. Yeah. And and you brought up that they're a team, you know, that's always kind of around and this and they have some great wins. They beat Massick. They beat Fairfield Prep. They're the only team to beat Fairfield Prep. Yeah. Um, they beat Stanford. They beat Staples. And then you look at some of their losses, and it's kind of like, okay, which team are they going to be? Well, that's I, what think, I, yeah. I asked Philip Sully that before the game yesterday, and I said, you've had such great wins and such frustrating losses. And he says, I know. If I could figure it out, I would. Well, you know what? Hey, just get to the state tournament because every one of your opponents is a good team at that right. point. And if Trumbull gets in, we've seen them before. When they get into the SCI tournament, they're almost guaranteed to be a semifinalist. Yeah. State tournament, they always make noise. He, he gets the team ready. He prepares them over the long haul to yeah. be ready to play in early June, late May, early yeah. June, and I think that's what they're doing here again. Yeah. Um, the other game I saw this year, uh, this week, Staples Massac. Yeah. Um, we were all excited about this one, and Massac really showed up and came down there to play. Those kids were fired up from the opening opening pitch. They wanted to beat Staples. They wanted to beat the number one team. It's a big thing. For these it kids. is. Hey, beating it's a, a number team. one team. Look, there's been a lot of talk about Staples, and we're guilty of it. Right. Um, they are very talented, and so when you get a sh- Staples, is going to get the best every single game from every single opponent. And Massick did that. You know, uh, Josh Wittenberger had a solo home run. Enzo Morloni had a two run shot. Um, those were huge home Evan runs. Evan shot. We got the video of that. If you could put the ball over the left field fence at Staples, like good for you. It's because, a good poke. Yeah, it's short, but it's a high. It's fence. high. You got to get that ball up there. And that that home run made it. Yeah, pretty well. Oh pretty my easily. god, that was a um, And Matt McGowan was great. Uh, Matt McGovern, sorry, was great for Massic pitching. You know, he pitched five innings, six Ks, was really in control. You know, I think the SWC is some place that often gets overlooked. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot of SCAC, SCC, but you got Massic, New Milford. Newtown, Bethel, Notre Dame, Fairfield. Yeah, Notre Dame, Fairfield. There's some good teams yeah. up there. I think teams that are going to be around in state tournaments. And I think that league you know, gets overlooked, and, and it's hard not to when the FCAC and the SEC are right yeah. in your backyard. But the SWC has some good baseball yeah. going on this year. I spring. mean, you look at the standings right now. Massac is 5-5. Five and five. They're in the bottom five of the SWC, and right. they could easily be the best team in that sure. conference. I mean, that's what that says about that conference. Right. And, uh, yeah, you can't, you can't sleep on the SWC. And you know what? I even think I said it. Earlier, a couple episodes ago about Holy Cross, I don't think you could sleep on the NVL. No, I I, I think I, I made it's a comment. Quite, it's not quite as deep as it's the not other deep, leagues, but, but the top heavy teams. teams are good. And even if yes. you look at it, like obviously Holy Cross, Wolkett's eight and zero, uh, St. Paul is eight and one, uh, Seymour seven and two, always competitive. Watertown's five and three, and then you look at a team like Ansonia, who has a pitcher like Ricky Torres, um, a junior. Who every time he's gone out, he's he's kept teams off the board. Yeah. So if you go up against Ansoni and Ricky Torres is pitching, who cares what their record is? Right. They have just as good as a shot to beat you. So and you know you even look at like a team like Torrington, 
they have a really good catcher in Cam Serrato who's going to um, to go. He's going to Army. He's going to West Point. Yeah. I, mm. Last week he hit three home runs in three games, or two home runs in two games, whatever it was. Or he had a triple and a home run in back to back games, something like that. I mean, having a guy like that in your lineup, you can win a game like that. You know, we talked about Sacred Heart and and Hector Alejandro, and those are teams at the bottom of the NVL or the middle of the NVL who. You play them on the wrong day, they're going to beat you. Yeah. So I think I think that says a lot about the NVL as well. Not as deep, but um, I don't think we could sleep on the the NVL and the SWC anymore. I agree with that. Uh, let's run through the no hitters real quick. Yep. Uh, we had Henry Williams and Jackson Vaught combined for one in Darien uh, in a six nothing win over McMahon. Uh, we had William Homar from New Britain uh, with a complete game, striking out two in a three nothing win over Windsor. That was a huge win. Yeah. For New Britain, I mean, absolutely. No hitter aside, that's, yeah. a, that's a huge win for New Britain. Well, I spoke to Windsor head coach Joe uh, Surface after their game against Weathersfield, and they had New Britain coming up. Yeah. And we were talking about the CCC, and uh, he's like, yep, yeah, we're playing New Britain next week. Uh, Will Omar, you know, he's one of the best pitchers in the league. Like, you know, we got to get ready for him. And Will goes out and throws a no-hitter. <laughs> and gives Windsor their first loss of the year. So coach, he kind of hit the nail on the head there. And then Johnny McDonald threw a five-inning, only five innings, but a perfect game against yeah. Danbury. I don't care if it's five or seven or nine. Perfect game is a perfect game. Shout out to John McDonald. Yep. I've been watching him for two years. Really underrated. I've yep. talked to him about him before. He missed a lot of time last year with a blister. I think he's one of the best pitchers in the FCAC. Uh, and then we had one more, too. Yeah, and then we had uh, one up in Tortellot. I think that might be right. That's probably wrong. I'm Apologize. really sorry if that's true. Um, Tony Ferrara threw a five-inning no-hitter against Wyndham in an 11-0 win um, for his team. Yeah. Um, As so always, send, send those no-hitters in. Yeah, send those no-hitters in. Uh, we definitely love to give the shout-outs and um, all that and give recognition where recognition's due. Uh, we talked about it a little off the air. Maybe it's something that we can dive into later uh, in another episode. There's been a lot of no-hitters, five or seven. There's been a lot of no-hitters. I mean, even Osborne over at Hamden took a no-hitter into the seventh inning yeah. the other night. Um, so that's just interesting. You know, I don't know if it's credit to the pitch counts. Or uh, the run rules, obviously, we've seen a lot of five-inning no-hitters this year that might not have been no-hitters if they went seven. Is this, obviously, this isn't what they intended with the uh, with the pitch count. We all know why the pitch count was put into place and the run rule right? Um, to prevent, you know, excessive amounts of, you know, pitches in games that were kind of out of reach. But we have seen a gigantic increase in no-hitters, it feels like. It feels like every week we got two or three. It, 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 it seems like it's been a lot. Again, I think we have mentioned this before, that I think the hitters' timing was screwed up because they weren't on the field enough. But now they've been on the field. So yeah. as they're happening now, I don't think that's really the case anymore. I think they're just really good pitching performances. Yeah. Now, if you happen to get them in a five-inning game, that also means that it's a better team playing against a weaker team usually yeah. if you're going to run roll not always yeah but usually that that that's the but case even there. i mean every game i feel like i've gone to this year i've seen a great pitching performance regardless of I've hits seen or no hits. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know I, I when i went up to the ecc it was a great game when i was in the ccc let me tell you something i am game. a pitcher's duel fan yeah. so one nothing two one those are my favorite games you know i I, you know, I like some slugging once in a while but pitcher's duels are, are my favorite oh, thing to absolutely. watch good defense you know you get a lot of more tension in games you get a run or two on it's it's, it's high tension moments yeah for me that's the best part of baseball no it is yeah. those are the best games and those where you really get to see what these teams are made of in games like that all right let's run through the poll real quick i don't i want to we want to talk about more teams this week than the ones that are in the poll to get to, to get to some teams out of the top 10 uh, but we just want to go through the top 10 real quick uh, there were two new teams that came in and i just want to mention them because they're both undefeated uh, both out of the CCC. Uh, that's South Windsor and Manchester. Manchester came in tied at number nine. Uh, 
they have some really good pitchers up there. They have a kid going to Central, Dylan Benton. Uh, they have another kid, Spencer Fox. Really good one-two punch for them. Um, the kid Benton had 15 Ks against Ram Friday night. Uh, really, really pitched well. They're a team that, that's going to be around for a long time this season, along with Windsor, Weathersfield, those teams from up there. I'm glad that Manchester finally got into the top 10. Uh, and South Windsor's a team, I think, that can win a state championship. They're senior dominant. They have, they've been like building this program up to get to this point. You know, Coach Mike, Mike McDermott up there has a couple senior pitchers and Will Nowak and Jason Ray, really, really solid pitchers. They have a junior pitcher named Zach Donahue, who's their number three starter. They're scoring a ton of runs. I think they've scored over 10 runs three or four times. South Windsor, you know, from what I've read about them, I haven't seen them in person, seems like a team on a mission. When you have a lot of seniors that have been in the program a long time, that can be a really dangerous team, especially when you got pitching up top. Which it looks like they have. Yeah, I mean, when I did my CCC story last week, the coaches were talking about Zach Donahue, and yeah. you just mentioned he's their number three. Number three, yeah. I mean, you have three pitchers. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna do some damage. Yeah. And um, you know, it's something that any every coach would would would, would give a lot to have. Um, so I think I don't know if people were sleeping on South Windsor or they were waiting for him to, you know, kind of falter because when teams start, you know, we've seen it in the poll. Where if you're, you know, you're coming off a good year, like Holy Cross was, and you win your first seven games, they're going to keep you in the poll. But some of these teams, there are some teams that are undefeated that still aren't in the poll. Yeah, there are. And uh, I feel like those teams, people are waiting for, you know, to be like, ah, uh, well, they're going to, fa- they're going to falter soon. You yeah. know, 7-0 Holy Cross is number three in the poll in the NVL, and they're good. Yeah, walk it seven and zero in the NVL two, and they're sitting with thirty four with thirty four points. Right, you know they're a hundred and eleven <laughs> points out of a, out of the ten spot, and they have the same record in the same league as Holy Cross, and, and as, Holy Cross is three. And as we've said, a lot yeah. of that is pedigree. Holy Cross yeah. is a state champion, a defending state champion. They started in the top ten. Yeah. It just your name carries you a little yeah. bit away in these polls. But Absolutely. I mean, I think it also says that there's just a lot of good baseball. There's so many good baseball teams, yeah. like so many teams that aren't even getting votes, yeah. who I think are contenders for state and conference championships. So should we just dive into other teams right now? Because I know we want to. Do I that do want to mention that Hand is the number one team. Oh in yes! State. Shout out to Hand. Shout out to Hand because that's great. That's really awesome for that program that they've jumped up to number one. Um, you know, it's middle of the season poll, but they're eight zero. They're really playing well. I know they have a lot of detractors in the SEC who never think Hand's going to actually make a run, but. This could be a special team. We've been saying it since the preseason. There could be something special going I on in Madison. To, I talked to Coach LaPointe um, before the season for his SEC preview. Right. And he, and he wrote in it how excited he was about this team. He said it's the best preseason that he's ever had in his seven years there. I mean, they got guys like Kyle Schaefer and Eddie Sweeney leading the charge on the team. You know, Eddie got hurt last year. You know, you lose a catalyst like that who, who's in your outfield and the top of your order, you know, that can be hurt. But hand has come out. Well, there was a lot of talk about Hand being good and a lot of, you know, talk from them, from their fans and, you know, how is Hand. I don't think Hand started in the top ten in the poll, right? No, they didn't. No. No. And, like, a lot of people were commenting, oh, Hand's, Hand's going to be the best team, Hand's going to be the best team, Hand's going to be the best team. And you know what? That's a lot of pressure, even if you're not in the top ten. And they came out, and they're 8-0. They've beaten really good teams. I mean, when you to go 8-0 in the first eight games of the year in the SEC, you have to beat good teams. Yeah. And they've done that. And I think one thing that's going to be fun for conversation-wise is that they don't play prep in the regular really? season. So they can either meet in the conference championship or maybe wait till states. But what's really fun is there's always going to be a debate. If they're both up there, there's going to be a lot of talk and chatter. They're not going to be on the field. So Well, I think they might. I mean, us. if they can meet in the SEC tournament, awesome. I think that could help. Um, but, I mean, I would love um, – that would be that would be a nice topic of conversation. I haven't seen Han yet. I saw prep. 
I'm very impressed with Fairfield Prep. I think I have to be for 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 completely be, yeah. for ignoring them at the beginning of the season. <laughs> um, I, I think I have to that. fully be on the Fairfield Prep bandwagon. Yes. Um, and then at the end, I could be like, "Ha ha! See, you told you so." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would love, um, you know, hopefully Prep and Hand can meet in the SEC tournament. I think that'll be fun, and it would put it would put away the debate later in the year. But we like good debates. We like good debate. That's what I'm trying we to say. Like, like it's not great that they don't be on the field, but good for us. It's, oh, it's, yeah. And it good for the people that like to talk well, about it. It stinks for the voters, though. It's tough. It's yeah. going to be tough for the voters. The because baseball, we've said this before. The baseball voting is so tough anyway. Yeah. Cause, yeah. It's gonna, I mean, we had that a couple of years ago with Sheehan and Amity. Yeah. And if I recall, you and I were two of the three people that voted Amity one. It's possible. Yeah, the year the year they beat Staples in the finals and Sheehan won Clash M. Man, you're asking me to go back to where... I just know that there was only three of us who voted for Amity and I was one of them. I think I may have been the other one. That's entirely possible. I have cast some contrarian votes in my time. Uh, let's talk about some games we want to go see. Uh, there's actually a lot now because these teams, we're starting to see the matchups that we really want to see now, getting some good conference stuff. Um, let's start with a game that's today up in the Berkshire League. Yes. And it's Shapog, 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 who is nine and zero, nine and zero, going to Thomaston five and three. Yep. I just want to give a little love to Shapog. It's in Washington, Connecticut. It's one of my favorite little towns. I don't know if you've been to Washington. I, I covered the Berkshire League for two years. That is a beautiful town. <laughs> the Shapog River, Little Rocky River. I love that place up there. So anyway, shout out to them. Uh, I think that game's going to be a really good le- uh, game up in the Berkshire League today. Uh, and if Shapog wins, I think you know. They're already starting to get a couple votes, yeah, and I think they're, they're going to get some more. Yeah, I think they're going to get some love. Uh, Scott uh, Workhoven, uh, their head coach, um, it's such a legendary Berkshire League program. Uh, his dad was the coach before him, and his dad coached there for a very long time. His, dad's, his dad is also an assistant coach there. But this is the same program that, you know, they had the three Scribner brothers, you know, Evan, who pitched in the big leagues, uh, Troy, who made his big league debut last year. And the other brother, and I forgot his name off the top of my head right now, he was a great tri-state pitcher <laughs> uh, when I was up in Torrington and, and got to cover those games in the summer. So Chapag, they fell on some hard times, you know, a couple of years. Um, but I think they're back. Um, I spoke to my uh, boy over at Lewis Mills, Jesse Darcy. Uh, big, big friend of the program. God, Lewis Mills um, every episode. Love Lewis Mills. <laughs> um, and he, he said, you know, they're, they're the real deal. And uh, so, I mean... I, I definitely want to go and see them at some point. Yeah. Um, but the Thomaston game, I think, is a good, it's a good matchup because Thomaston, Thomaston lost to Ridgefield three to one the other day. Yeah, I think Thomaston's good. Too, you know, yeah. I mean, they're going to fight every time. Um, so I think this is going to be a big test for, um, it's going to be a big test for the Spartans. Uh, another big one today is uh, Holy Cross going to Montville again. Like we've said before about Holy Cross, I don't want to talk too much more about them, but. They're not going to get many tests. This is a legitimate test. Montville's a good team out of the ECC. It's a a consistent winner in the ECC. You see Montville on your schedule. It perks up ears. You have to pay attention. Um, This is a great out-of-conference game for Holy Cross. Um, This this will say a lot about them. It will. Uh, A game that we thought was going to be last week is now moved to this week. Prep and Amity. Doesn't really need a lot of hype. It doesn't need hype because it's Amity. (laughs) It doesn't matter what Amity's record is. It's Amity. You want to beat Amity. Amity beat Fairfield Prep in the SEC Championship game last year. Yeah. Um, Amity, we know they're going to start to win games soon. Yeah. You know know they're going to be there in the end. You know they're going to be there competing at the end. Is this where it starts? I mean, they lost to Hand over the weekend. Hand's a very good team. But, you know, sooner or later, 
you know, the Spartans start coming. Yeah. And uh, this might be the game that starts it, or Fairfield Prep goes out and goes 9-1 and yeah. continues to disprove me every step of the way. Every time you doubt them, they get better. <laughs> uh, then we got South Windsor and Windsor. Uh, that's Wednesday also. Uh, 6-0 South, South Windsor against 5-1 and one Windsor. We talked about both of them. Yeah, we talked about those teams, but it, but it, it should be a good one. Yep. Um, Thursday, we got Bolton at HMTCA, and they are playing at... Dunkin' Donuts Dunkin Park. Donuts. So Which, anytime there's a game in Dunkin' Donuts Park, Pete will mention I it. will mention because I think it's awesome. I think that field is beautiful. And I think an opportunity to play there as high school kids, I think is pretty incredible. I think I it's, agree. it's I a agree. beautiful stadium. Um, and I think that having an opportunity to play there is incredible. I mean, even same with Dodge Stadium. Yeah. Getting an opportunity to play on a field of that magnitude for any of the kids I think is pretty cool. I agree. Um, and then Friday, we got Seymour at Walcott, two of the best teams in the NVL. Uh, that should be a fun one. Again, as we try to figure out some more teams in the NVL, that, that's definitely one to watch. Friday, we also have Fitch at Waterford. Uh, Waterford's a team that we've discussed a ton on this show, but those are two of the best teams in the ECC. They already played this they year. They already played. That was their out-of-conference game. So right. they scheduled each other as an out-of-conference game, and then this is their D1, D2 crossover. Uh, Friday, I'm going to be at Darien at Ridgefield. Uh, I'm really excited to see that game. Those are two of the better teams in the FCI who Darien aren't currently winning. in the top ten. Darien keeps How winning. is Darien not in the top ten? You know, I don't know. No, I mean, no, you know what I mean. I, I, I just think that it's just a matter of other teams are up there, haven't fallen out, and yeah. Darien hasn't slipped in. I don't being, really. but being an FCAC team with nine wins, yes. being nine and two, you thought they would get a little. That's bit why more I think love. that game Friday should really be interesting. It's up up in uh, up in Ridgefield. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be there. I'm really excited to see that one. And then next Monday, which will happen before we re-record the show, there's three games that I want to talk about on Monday. Uh, Staples at West Hill, which is two of the best teams in the FCAC. Uh, Hamden at prep on Monday. Hamden be really awesome. Hamden is seven and two. Yeah. They're starting three freshmen. This was supposed to be a transition year, and I'm doing air quotes that you can't see for the Green Dragons. Yeah, and they've just come out and they're just winning. Yeah, they're winning. You know, Chris Borelli does is doing a great job. He's really since he's taken over, he's really you know turned the Hamden mm. you know program into into an SEC contender every year. Yeah, um, they're led uh, Mike Ferret. I uh, was a all re- uh, register all area player last year, third baseman, pitcher, um, Osborne in center pitching. We mentioned he took a no hitter to the seventh inning his last start. So they have guys, and it looks like these freshmen are really catching on early. Yeah, um, which is a testament to the program and the coaching, and just to these kids. So to see them at seven and two, when a lot of people didn't think that they were going to be sitting at seven and two. Yeah, um, they're one win away from clinching a state tournament berth. I mean, I don't think people didn't think they'd get into the state tournament. I don't think people thought they'd get into the state tournament this early. Right. You know, it's not even May. Uh, one more game I want to mention next Monday: uh, Walcott, who's currently eight and zero against Holy Cross, who is currently nine and zero. If they both stay undefeated, that's an awesome one. Yes. Uh, up in the NBL. Uh, all right, Dirt Dog well, nominees. Before we do, yes, Palmer Field. Oh, I'm, I'm Palmer sorry. Palmer yes, Field. Let's talk about Palmer Field. Um, before we dive into the Dirt Dog. Uh, so Monday, I was at. I went to Palmer Field for, for a little tour. They're, they're part of this big athletic uh, upgrading throughout Middletown. Um, they're redoing parts of Palmer Field. The entrance looks very nice. Concession stand is bigger, so the lines hopefully won't be longer. The hot dogs are staying the same. They're still going to be good. That's all that matters. They're going to have a nice little... Um, Let's be real. Yeah, that is really all that matters. <laughs> uh, they're, they're putting in this uh, standing room bench area in left field yeah. at Palmer Field where... Basically, you get to there's like going to be a railing like right on the line. Oh, cool. They'll have a net in front, so there's no fly, there's no foul balls off the head. Yeah, but cool. It's a nice little standing area. It's like a 
excuse me, it's like a patio, yeah, which is kind of cool and nice. and interesting to see what they're going to do with that. And they um, dedicated the press box. Yes, yeah, so the press box was dedicated to Dana Bransfield, Jim Bransfield, son who passed yes. away in 1990, um, and Jim, who died uh, in February of this year, uh, former uh, co-worker of ours. Yes, great baseball man. Great baseball man, PA guy, voice of Middletown. Um, you know, you care about high school baseball in the state, you know who Jim Bransfield is, and you, you know do. how important yeah. he was. Uh, to high school baseball, and so they're dedicating it in his name and his son's name as well. So the next time you're in the press box at Palmer Field, it'll have Jim Bransfield's Middletown Hall of Fame bio uh, on the wall. It's going to be so weird to be up there without Jim in that box. It um, Honestly, whoever they pick to do it is going to have big shoes to fill. I'm going to be honest, you put me in the group, you can put me in the category, maybe we just don't have a PA guy this year. Yeah. And you just let the game play and, and the silence will resonate because... Whoever takes that job is, it's the it's gigantic shoes to fill. So, but I just wanted to mention that about Palmerfield because I love going to watch a game there. I love oh, going to cover a game there <laughs> and seeing them, seeing them, you know, renovated. It was, I mean, it was looking nice. They're going with, uh, not really sure what it's called, but the dirt is going to be that like red kind of dirt now. Yeah. Um, they're putting in some like you know field turf and stuff like that. The drainage is still great. I mean, they take a great, they take such good care of that field. It, it is the best you know non professional field in in the state. It's not even close. Yeah. I love spending my, you know, a week up there every summer yeah. in the Legion tournament. <laughs> Speaking of that, I mean, that, I think that'll be our first road show. Yeah. I think I think we're gonna Live we're gonna we're Palmer. gonna record, yeah, the weekend of the championship. So I think we might even give out four Dirt Dog awards that weekend. Holy Toledo! I know. So, um, but yeah, so I just wanted to mention that it was nice to see. It was nice for them to give us uh, to give us the tour and let us know what they were doing. There. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad we remembered to yep. get that in. Uh, all right, now Dirt Dog time. Let's be serious. Very serious. Okay. The nominees are, uh, first up we have from Windsor, uh, a grinder, a dirty, gritty kid, so as we like to say. Pete's favorite word is gritty. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy Nunn's from Windsor. Yeah. He's our first nominee. Um, our second nominee from New Canaan is the shortstop, Nate Pazella. This kid was filthy from the opening play yesterday. Made some awesome plays at shortstop. Uh, threw the ball home a couple times and, and cut runners down. Uh, really did a good job helping preserve that win, that one nothing win for them. And then Jared Smith from Massac, kid laid out like Superman in left field. So you tweet. <laughs> it wasn't dirt, but it was grass, and it's a stain, and it counts. So those are the nominees. Oh, and we had the one more from Middletown. Oh, Middletown. Shout yeah. out, shout out to Grayson uh, uh, Pisani from Middletown. Nominating a teammate. We love when oh, you love nominate it. a teammate. Good job, Grayson. We're big fans of that. He nominated uh, Middletown's catcher, Jake Ra Radis, God, I'm sorry, Jake. This is not going to be easy. Radzowicz. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, because I have a really tough last name too. Radashowicz. Radashowicz. That's probably it. Could be. Um, the catcher from Middletown. Grayson shouted him out on Twitter. He threw six runners out this past week. Yeah. We love catchers. We love them. So I'm going to shout out a catcher anytime we get a nominee that's a catcher. And if you're a team, you ran on him once. Why are you running on him again? Right. Enough to throw you out six times. You know what? Don't run on Jake. All That's right. it. And now we're ready for our Dirt Dog of the Week, right? Are you ready? And the Dirt Dog of the Week is? Brian Parzik. Parzak? Parzik. Yeah. From Holy Cross, catcher. So I saw him play against Sacred Heart this past week. And this kid oozes Dirt Dog. He's got, he went with the sunglasses and the eye black. It was sunny out. It was windy. But it was sunny out. He had sunglasses and the eye black. The kid's cheering the whole game. Like, and it was a really good game. 
He's going crazy. He's cheering his teammates on every chance he has. He's keeping his pitcher focused. Austin threw a great game. This kid, it's like a combo of like Brian Bosworth meets like high school baseball catcher. I mean, <laughs> though he had the headband on with the sunglasses. I saw the kid as soon as I walked in and I texted Scott and I said, I think this guy has to be our dirt talk of the week no matter what. And then he backs it up. He had Holy Cross, his first hit of the game in the third inning, second mm-hmm. inning. Yeah. He he took second on a pass ball, then stole third. Yeah. And then um, in the sixth inning, we mentioned Austin Brown didn't allow a, uh, a second runner on base until the sixth inning. It was a drop third strike that got past Brian. Mm-hmm. He was, you could see he was not happy with himself. He expected more. He turned to Austin, and he was basically like, that one's on me. Like, I got you. If any, you know, next time I got you, no matter what, I'll pick you up. And for some reason, the kid decides he's going to try and steal, get the tying run in the scoring position, and Brian threw him out by, like, three feet. No soup for you. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, get out of here. And that was kind of like, the, you know, you, you kind of could tell. Like, he felt bad that, you know, the drop third strike happened, and he made up for it with his arm. And uh, Well, congratulations, yeah. Brian. You congratulations. are the third Dirt Dog of the Week. We are working on getting t-shirts yes, for all the winners. In, yes, and when we get t-shirts, all the previous winners will get Absolutely, them. Absolutely, you will get your t-shirt. It is happening at some point. <laughs> Listen, man, this has been fun again. Yeah, always we a good time. Love this podcast. Always a good time, podcast. man. Now listen, kids, remember, keep your gloves down. Don't ruin the game for your friends. This has been High and Tight on Game Time CT. I'm Scott. I'm Pete. We'll see you next time. Later.